0: It's Fix It Shorts with Richard and Jim. Solutions podcast in 15 minutes or less.
2: So, Richard, we've talked a lot about cybersecurity and and insecurity. We had a major demonstration of that in the last few days with the release of the DNC email.
0: Yeah, the Democratic Party really shaken up by the hacking of its system. And the question that should be asked is, how the heck did that happen? Why were they so poorly prepared? so that hackers could get in and spill all these secrets. And there may
2: be a lot more to come. So we went back to a former guest of ours, Adam Levin, who's the founder of credit.com and IDT 911. He's an expert on cybersecurity and a big advocate for improving and taking more seriously the threat to all of the data that we keep in the cyber realm.
0: And we spoke to Adam via Skype. He was in his office in New York. And uh, here's his take on what happened in the past few days.
1: I've been predicting for a while now that there would be a hack of either a political party, a political campaign, a political action committee. They've got a lot of information, uh, not to mention the fact, as we see with the emails, a lot of potentially embarrassing information. It caused the resignation of the, uh, of the chairman of the DNC. Now, I have no doubt that there are people trying to hack into the Republican uh, committees and campaigns as well. And are we doing it to other organizations all around the world? The U.S., probably. The difference is nobody else issues press releases. In the U.S., we do.
2: So what do you make of the supposition that uh, Russia's involved in this somehow?
1: Well, Russia's been involved in a lot of things. I mean, they've hacked into the White House. uh, They've hacked into the State Department. They've hacked into the uh, Joint Chiefs. And we've warned people for a very long time that emails can be very dangerous if released And no question, in this case, just like with Sony, when the chairman of Sony had a step down uh, here, the chairman of the Democratic National Committee is is stepping down because, you know, emails can reveal a great deal about what's going on in an organization. Well, we
0: did a show with you uh, about a year ago, Adam, and you said that a lot of organizations were not properly armed against hackers. Is that still the case? We still not taking this seriously enough?
1: I don't think we're taking it seriously enough. I think the White House has taken it seriously. They've uh, proposed a $19 billion budget to beef up uh, our cyber defenses and also to uh, get rid of legacy systems and update them. Uh, the campaigns really haven't talked that much about it. Jim Webb did it for the three seconds he was running for president. Hillary's uh, innovation and technology white paper touches on some cybersecurity issues. Uh, Donald Trump's latest interview with the New York Times shows that he has absolutely no clue about cybersecurity. You have a Congress that can't agree on the day of the week and very rarely passes anything and has passed almost nothing that relates to cybersecurity. They can't even agree on what privacy is.
2: So, you know, it's a tough road to hope. You mentioned that the White House has proposed more funding for uh, for cybersecurity. At the same time, It doesn't sound like anybody there insisted that the Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, stop using a homebrew server with apparently minimal security involved in her State Department emails.
1: Now, the truth of the matter is that uh, we have been woefully inadequate in the way that this country approaches cybersecurity. One of the things I find fascinating about the campaign of 2016 is everyone's talking about the Great Wall of Mexico. But the issue of cybersecurity hadn't really been front and center other than used as an attack vehicle against Hillary Clinton. And now a lot of people are starting to talk about it because of what happened with the DNC. And doubtless things are going on over on the other side with the RNC. We just haven't heard about it yet. But just because we haven't heard about something yet doesn't mean it's not happening. And we won't hear about it at some point in the not-too-distant future.
0: Beyond the political parties, Adam, how big a threat is this to all of us?
1: Oh, it's a huge threat. I don't know if you saw the documentary called Zero Days, where they talked about the development of Stuxnet, which brought down part of the Iranian nuclear program. But the truth is that a cyber-geddon is not out of the question, where someone could end up controlling the power grid and bring it down, or the financial grid and bring it down. And they have instances in the movie where they prove that that was going on. One scary incident that happened not too long ago is a fellow was working at a dam in upstate New York and noticed that a valve was opening, and he wasn't opening it. And it turned out that an Iranian hacker was doing it. Now, take that small upstate New York dam and apply it to the Hoover Dam. What kind of death and destruction could occur because of something like
2: this? Right. We've seen a lot of flaws. We've seen train systems where all the signals went out simultaneously, sometimes not intentionally, just because there's a problem in the code. But if someone really wants to manipulate that, you're saying that the extent of the damage could be mind-boggling.
1: Oh, totally mind-boggling. And I just don't think that we're psychologically ready for it. And I also don't think that in terms of resources – we're ready for it. I mean, when you think about all of the institutions that have been hacked, just think of the hack of the Office of Personnel Management in Washington, the HR department for the U.S. government. The information that was stolen in that hack are the most intimate details of security clearance background investigations, plus almost six million sets of fingerprints, plus the very intimate details of 20 million people, including social security numbers. So we are vulnerable, we are not doing enough, and unfortunately the chickens are starting to come home to roost, and the DNC is yet another
0: example. Adam Levin, thanks very much for joining us. So here are some tips that Adam Levin has for the rest of us on how we can protect ourselves from uh, hackers and also from uh, cyber theft.
1: People now have to exercise the three M's, which was minimize your risk of exposure, monitor and manage the damage now for minimizing your risk you do all the things that people tell you you don't carry your social security card you limit the amount of credit and debit cards you carry you secure your computer you secure your smartphone you know people look at a smartphone and they go it's a communication device Uh uh-uh it is a data storage device, and unfortunately, people are storing more data on their smartphones than they even are in their computers. So, when you say secure your smartphone, what do you mean? Well, you can you can get security software for your smartphone. You also have to make sure that the the pin that you use to lock the phone isn't a silly pin. A silly pin is one two three four nine eight seven six these kinds of things. Well, one thing that is a problem
0: are all those companies that want your social security number. I mean, they're a bunch. No. They, um, and, they... and so what do you do about that, about throwing your social security number around?
1: Well, I think the first step is you have to say to yourself, is it logical that the people who are asking for my social security number should have my social security number? There aren't too many terribly logical things. For instance, doctors. You, you go to a new doctor and right on the forum, along with every other thing you see, they ask for your social security number. The truth is, they have your insurance information, and the insurance company has your Social Security number, and in many cases, you can't get out of the doctor's office without using your credit card. Mm -hmm. So, as a result, it's not really that necessary for them to have it. So, tell them no. So, say no. Oh, one other thing I love is when they say, well, you know, we need it for your death certificate. You say, you know what? When I die, call my lawyer, call my accountant.
2: Don't worry about it. That's part of um, minimize, and how do you monitor? That means
1: you need to get free credit report every year at annualcreditreport.com. You come to sites like credit.com where you can get a free overview of your credit and free scores that are updated monthly. If your score takes a drop, that could be an indication. You need to check your accounts. You can also get more sophisticated forms of monitoring. And the last thing is manage the damage. Now, a lot of people don't realize that through their insurance company, their credit union, some of the smaller banks, and even the HR departments where they work, there are programs that are available to help consumers get through an identity theft nightmare, but they don't know they're in it. So what you need to do is contact your insurance agent, your representative at your financial institution, the HR department at work, and say, do you have a program? Am I in it? If not, what do I have to do to get in it? Is it free? What's it going to cost? When they give you that information, then you need to make the decision. But it's one of the best investments you can make.
2: And there are a number of online services like LifeLock that say they can help people protect their data and, and manage all of their accounts. What, what do you think of these kinds of services?
1: Well, there are a number of services that are very good. And you know some of them feature specifically what they call instant alert, which is instead of saying someone opened an account in your name a week ago, They actually send you a notice saying someone is attempting to open an account right now in your name. Is it you? Yes or no? That's very important. The key thing when you're looking at these different services is look at what identity protection services they offer, not just the technology, not just the monitoring, which is critical, but also what will they do for you in the event that you suffer a problem? And if you go to the Consumer Federation of America, they have a site idtheftinfo.org, They will actually give you a list of the kinds of things you need to think about and the questions you should be asking any time you're determining whether or not you want to use identity theft services from anybody. If you're in control of, of the communication, if you go to a specific website, if you call a specific financial institution that you know because the number is on the back of your credit or debit card or your bank statement, that's one thing. And if they ask you to, to authenticate yourself, that's logical. But if someone just calls you and starts asking you for information, don't give it. Hang up. Get the right number. Call them.
0: I'm an online shopper. What should I be doing? I mean, I am I have a password, a login for all kinds of different
1: outfits. Well, first of all, do not share passwords throughout your universe. You know, a lot of people have a tendency to use the same password everywhere or to use an easily decipherable password. So you need long and strong passwords, numbers, letters, symbols, uppercase, lowercase, and uh, punctuation, those kinds of things um so that's very important when it comes to online. The second thing is where you can use two way authentication use it what is that what
0: is two way authentication well a- the,
1: authentication yeah there are varieties of way one is where and some financial institutions use it is you select a picture and you enter in your your login your your user i d Then the picture comes up. Now, if it's not the right picture, do not enter your password,
2: RUN. Right. I think a lot of people haven't really thought through just their vulnerability with their phones. Um, What do you think of the thumbprint identification that we're seeing on a a lot of phones today?
1: I think it's good. I think, you know, it's one step closer to the biometrics that we really need in order to give us another additional layer of security.
0: That's Adam Levin of Credit.com. He's also the founder of IDT911, a cybersecurity firm, talking about the threat of identity theft and cyber hacking. How do we fix it? I'm Richard David and I'm Jim Meggs. Thanks for joining us.
3: Normally, being a little extra
2: can be a bit much.